Welcome to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. Zach Bodenstein with Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period. Alex Smith, who's in for Dave Panyota. Boys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I gave Dave off the week after that uh, Andre Kuzmenko anytime goal the first shot. <laughs> pulled that one out of his butt. So okay, I gave him the week off. My fantasy team said thank you to Dave for sure. Guys, <laughs> I mean – Hot start. This is our second edition of the Wednesday show for the season. We'll be here every day. And uh, like I said, Alex in for Dave. So that's actually a good segue, DB. I want to start with the Vancouver Canucks because (laughs) what a season it's been so far. I mean, four straight games that they led the season, uh, started the season with a two-goal lead, a multi-goal lead, blew them all. They're 0-3-1 right now. What is going on? You mentioned it. You said that the the defense was weak to start. The Thatcher was going to get pummeled with shots. And even with Spencer Martin back there, they just they can't seem to figure it out. Yeah. Occasionally I'm right, guys, and I was right on this one. So uh, it's just about defense. They're scoring enough goals. Bezler's been great. Pedersen's been fantastic. And they can't hold leads. And it's because the defense isn't good enough. And that was uh, probably a segment of the uh, team that they needed to shore up in the uh, offseason, and they didn't do it. So while they great brought back JT Miller, signed Brock Bezler to a medium-length contract, um, there's concern. Plus, you know, Canucks Twitter is the most pleasant place to be, even when they're winning. So, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on um, on Vancouver right now because of the market and because it's a it's a horrible start for this team. And Alex uh, DB was just touching on Elias Pettersson. He's piling on the shots. He always seems to do that. And his numbers with Bruce Boudreau as the coach for Vancouver have been tremendous. Is he a guy you look at for game props when you're talking about Vancouver day in day out? Yeah, definitely. You know, when he first came in the league, I thought he was a guy who was really going to, you know, make that leap and be a, a top 10, top 20 superstar in the league. And like I said, since Boudreaux took over with Vancouver, he's definitely, you know, been shooting the puck more. And that that's his style. You know, some guys try to shy away from it. They want to be complete players. But sometimes, you know, you, if you have a stronger dimension, be it offensive or defensive, you got to play to your strengths. And I think he's more of an offensive minded player. He needs to be shooting the puck more. And, and, and that repetition is, is what's going to build him into eventually, I think, uh, being at least a 25, 30 goal scorer, you know, year in, year out, he can stay healthy and uh, skate well. He needs to just keep shooting the puck. Yeah, he has at least three shots in every game, five points in four games this year. He just looks like a healthy player, DB. Like, this is a guy who you can take uh, every single game to do something, whether it's shots or points. That's the key, uh, Zach. If you believe he's going to stay healthy, then ride him. Um, he's going to get the opportunity. I don't know what went on with him and Travis Green, but he's certainly a different player. His attitude certainly has changed with Bruce Boudreau. And Bruce has been known as a player's coach, but now these players have to start winning for him. Uh, let's stick with last night's games. Ottawa-Boston was maybe my my favorite game of the year so far. A 7-5 game, but it was back and forth. Three-goal lead, tied. Three-goal lead, almost tied again. A lot of fun, and of course, even if Cam Talbot's in net for Ottawa, I love the overs in Ottawa games. Their top six might be the most fun in the league. Defense will get figured out, but this is a team that's certainly in transition right now and trying to make it competitive. And that atmosphere, Alex, last night, that was electric. Ottawa's a team I'll be looking at this year a lot. Yeah, definitely. Ottawa's a team I, I have favored. I have their season points total over. I think they actually find a way to maybe chip in. And, and that Atlantic Division race, I think it's going to be fun. Obviously, it's, it's way too early to talk about playoffs necessarily. But I think when you look at Detroit, you look at Ottawa, and you look at Boston, which I think is taking a step downward. 
Uh, but those three teams could really be in the mix for that wild card race. That could be a really fun. This might be a preview of things to come uh, with the two of those teams obviously facing against each other last night. Twelve goals, twelve different goal scorers. That it was just a lot of fun to see. And you know that's usually what we see in the first couple weeks of the the regular season. We see the offenses show up first, and then the defenses kind of catch up later. But uh, for the most part, it's kind of been the flip side. This game was was kind of an anomaly. Most of the, most of the games we've seen have been kind of lower scoring uh, as opposed to some of the other first weeks in previous years but uh this one was certainly fun to watch i'd, li- I'd like to see some more high scoring games like that uh coming up in the next few days hey alex i hope your uh your pick on the uh, atlantic having a race is great because last year by january all the eastern teams were decided in the playoffs so right yeah. there's some regression by <laughs> not just boston but also washington who found a way to win the united against vancouver uh i, I agree i don't think Ottawa's was there zach because of what you showed last night defensively I think that's going to be happening in a lot in Ottawa games. So I think overs might be good for this team, like you guys had mentioned. Uh, but an exciting team, a team that will bring back uh, fans to the arena in Ottawa because they certainly need their attendance roles have been really, you know, uh, really been stated over the years. But they need a new arena downtown. But this is a team that has components. is going to be exciting. I think still a little bit away from uh, – uh, from the playoffs, even with Cam Top, because that defense is going to surrender a lot of chances night in, night out. Yeah, and probably should have been eight goals yesterday, too. I don't know if anybody saw the Batherson goal that got waved off. I don't agree yeah. with the goal. It is what it is, though. Um, now, on the flip side, Boston, they've got some injuries. There's no question. Now Carlo's out, so that defense is uh, certainly shorthanded. Uh, but Pasta, you had him last week, DB, to score a goal. He yeah. did, and he's been doing a lot of that this year, scoring a lot and shooting a lot. Of course, he averaged over, what was it, over four last last yeah. year. And, uh, yeah. and I think it's like six. So uh, shot machine. Oh, yeah. For, for Hey, look, he wants his money, right? He's playing for a contract. I don't blame the guy. He wants $11 million a year. He's going to keep scoring goals this season. But, yeah, you're right. Even over the goals, Zach, you're absolutely right. This dude, he's one of those dudes in the league – that doesn't have a conscious. He shoots and shoots. When he's done shooting, he shoots some more. So that the prop on shots for Pasternak, because they really need him to score, right? It's not okay. It's just a great setup from Bergeron. He's looking for his shot for personal reasons and professional reasons because he's going to have to score a lot of goals if they're going to play defense this way uh, in Boston. And as I mentioned, one of the teams that might be on the fringe this season except and not having a, a breeze into the playoffs leading the, uh, the, uh, the pretenders by 20 points. And Alex, also David Krejci, too. He's looked great. And if you can get him at a pretty good price because he didn't play last year, maybe some people are kind of flying under the radar with him. Yeah, definitely. You know, you kind of wonder what you would get from him after, you know, him going back home and, and playing a year in, in, uh, in Chechia. But comes back and, and he kind of filled right back into that, that same role he had. And he's not exactly the, the top prime of his career. But, you know, him and, and Pasternak both have to fill in that role with Marshawn being out for a while so you know you're getting some good value with both of those guys and I feel like the books haven't quite adjusted to to you know understanding that they're going to have to take more shots and be uh you know contributing more offensively early in the absence of Marshall. and we'll we'll stick with last night's games for just one more I want anybody against the San Jose Sharks right now I know this team too well I grew up staying up until one in the morning eastern time watching them during their glory days I still do um they they don't look good. I, mean, I don't know what else to say. I don't want to kick them while they're down. It looks like anybody can beat them right now. Now, at least some of the other bad teams are fun. You can get some offense with Chicago. We'll be giving up a lot of goals to the Sharks. They just seem boring. They seem bad. I want anybody against them right now. Moneyline, DB. 
Zach, if you're staying up to one o'clock in the morning to watch these Sharks games now, that's a you problem. Not a problem. <laughs> problem I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a long climb up. And granted, they have Hurdle, they have Meyer, who I both like, and they're in their mid-20s. But this is an older roster with guys like Logan Couture, Mark Edward Vlasic. Eric Carlson is not the same player. He's not an $11.5 million player that he signed a contract for, and he's going to keep that money. That's fine. But you're absolutely right, Zach. Um, they didn't look great in uh, in Nashville, even though, in uh, Prague, even though they played two close games against Nashville. There's not going to be a lot of wins, and I think what you saw last night on it, there's not going to be a lot of goals either. So in those games, if they're not playing an overpowering offensive team, you got to go the under because it's going to be a really long season in San Jose, Alex. Yeah, I find it fascinating that this is the first time in franchise history that they're 0-5 to start the year. When you think about how bad of an expansion team they were back in the day, they went 1-15 in their first 16 games in history back in 91-92. They they somehow found a way to get a win in their third game ever. But uh, this year, they seem like they might actually uh, push those those early 90s Sharks teams for, for the worst in franchise history. They look really bad at all aspects of the ice right now. And I think it's it's going to be this case for a while, right? I mean, they're in the Bedard sweepstakes. They've got Eklund yeah. and Bortolo down there. But those contracts, DB, that you mentioned, Carlson, Vlasic, even LeBanc, they might have the worst contract situation in the league. I've thought so for the last few years. And it's finally catching up to them. Yeah, stuff's not – and remember, they did trade Brett Burns. But those these other contracts for these other guys are not movable. Like, they'd have to retain a lot of salary. And if you're going to embrace a rebuild – then just take your blows. Don't try to retain salary. You need that maneuverability, you know, with respect to moving to players around and, and maybe you find some trade partners for the, the older guys, but I, I don't see it. And there's just not enough quality. You know what? The other night, right. I forget which coast it was. It was uh, maybe uh, John Cooper saying we have elite players, but they didn't play. I oh, know it was Sheldon Keith. They don't have enough elite players in San Jose. You, you need quality. Systems great. Goaltending is great. If you don't have enough quality players on your team, you're not going to win. It's just you need the skill, and, and they just don't have it. They have a lot of age, they have a couple of skilled players, but certainly not enough on the 23-man roster. I think they're going to win, like Alex said, a, a lot of games. Yeah, it seems like they're going to get even worse, too, at the deadline. They've got some pretty good chips with uh, Reimer, Benino, so yeah, get worse. So hammer against them to start the year. Um Let's get into tonight's game. So Winnipeg, Colorado, this is a game that I think all three of us have our eyes on for sure with the the smaller slate, of course. But six and a half set at the over-under. We'll start with you, Alex. What are you looking at for tonight? Yeah, the only thing I could look at here would be overs. First period and full game. I mean, it's just, uh, you know... An avalanche, pun intended, of, of goals that Colorado can put on at any given moment against any team, and they seem to be fired up for their division opponents. They know that you know if they're going to win the division, if they're going to really put themselves in a good position to to repeat as Stanley Cup champions, you want to take care of business against the teams that are in your division, get those points early and often, uh, you know, and, and solidify your space. So this is a Jets team that's kind of going through a, a bit of a retool and a rebuild. They just seem to kind of be in limbo right now, and, and, and they've been a hard team for me to really kind of bet on for the last couple of years because, you know, Connor Hellebuck's a fantastic goalie, but they ride him so much. He logs yeah. in so many minutes, and then every now and then he just throws it in a clunker where, you know, he makes 25 saves and gives up five goals and, you know, sometimes ends up getting pulled. And, and you just see where the fatigue kind of wears on him at times, not just the overall through the season, but just in games. It just seems like he faces shots in bunches at times and seems to wear down. This is an avalanche team that can, uh, you know, score in bunches. And I think that's exactly what they do here. So they can kind of name their score against most teams in the league. 
I like the over six and a half, and I like that first period over. If you get a two at a plus price, uh, there's some good value there with Colorado. Yeah, I'm tracking Alex's over bet. I'm going to take it uh, over a goal and a half in the first period at minus 155. I also like the avalanche. Uh, you know, they took it on a tune against Calgary. Um, it's one of my losing bets from last week because I'm contrite and I'll admit when I lose. Uh, but I like Colorado backs back at home. So I like them in minus goal and a half um, at plus 118 tonight uh, against Winnipeg because for all the reasons that Alex just mentioned. And should mention Connor Hellebuck. You talked a bit about him, Alex. Giving up five goals and six goals in his last two starts in Colorado. So uh, gave up four in Dallas the other day. We'll see if that trend continues. And the Avs goaltending is a question mark in its own, right? They bring in Alexander Georgiev, and they still have Pavel Francouz. I think they trade for Georgiev with the idea that he's going to take the starting reins, but I'm not sold on any of them, DB. Uh, they look like yeah. a good over bet in any game for me, especially tonight. You know, the thing is, Pavel Francouz, they, they really like him because, remember, they could have traded at the deadline for somebody else. They didn't. They let Darcy Kemper walk. They kept him. So they like him. I love that they like him as a feature guy. But again, when you let the guy who won the cup walk out the door, are you really prioritizing goaltending, or, or is your goaltending just need to be good enough to get it? Because Georgia, if you look at, I hope they they think that he's going to bounce back to what he was a couple of seasons ago. But last year he wasn't good, and because Igor just took the net and the guy rarely played. So yeah, I think with with Colorado, there's going to be questions about goaltending. But I don't think they question it as much because I think they can repeat the formula. Because remember. Grubauer left, Darcy Kemper left. It's just not there in their DNA to sign goaltenders long-term. They might prove to be right if they wind up repeating the season. Yeah, and, and to add to that, there's some teams that like to run that 1A, 1B system. And, and you know, uh, you, know you, you mentioned about how Georgiev didn't look that good last year because he was a number two behind Shesterkin. There's no way they're running a 1A, 1B when you have Igor yeah. Shesterkin. So now Colorado gets to plug him in in the same spot, essentially, that Kemper was in. It's not so much who's going to take the yeah. reins. They don't really have to worry about that until postseason time. They can share the workload and, and keep that balance, which they, they will need uh, in, in due time, especially as the back-to-back and three and four games start them out. So, uh, yeah, they're not too worried about that, honestly. And as far as the future goes, Eustace Annanen, who um, you know made a couple of starts last year, and he's uh, one of the sharper goalies in the AHL, I think he's the guy they're going to kind of lean on in the future. So that was the, the reason why they didn't go make a big uh, splash and free agent signing after three or four years long term. Look, as long as they don't put Jonas Johansson in that, I, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Um, so if there's one anytime goal scorer in this game or any sort of props you're looking at, Alex, uh, what are you thinking for this one? You know, Kyle Connor is definitely a guy that it, it's so crazy. When you look at his stats last year, he just quietly, in my opinion, scored 42 goals. And it just seems to kind of just sneak right under the radar of some of those forwards. And like I said, because you don't think of Winnipeg as this like offensive heavy team. But I think he's a guy that you can look at for uh, anytime goal scorer prop or even shots. That's my guy. He, that's I picked him to win the Rocket Richard. That's how much oh, I think okay. of Kyle Connor, wow. and he goes unnoticed because he plays in Winnipeg. And people Winnipeg may not want to hear this, but it's it's a small market that doesn't get a lot of attention. I love this player. I love his release. I love his ability. He's not the fastest skater, but he can get loose all over the place. And you know, Shifley's going to look for him and feed him. So I think he's going to get a lot of goals. Whatever the goal prop was for Kyle Connor, I like older. I actually think he could actually in a what would be a great season for Winnipeg. I don't think. Uh, he, he could have a, a huge season, so I'm on board with, uh, with any time goal for uh, Kyle Connor at any time, Alex. <laughs> and you guys know he was my shot prop, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment with the props of the night. So moving on, Philly and Florida. Now, uh, just a few moments ago, I was on Twitter, and 
Saw that Aaron Ekblad got placed on long-term injured reserve. This has been an issue for him, unfortunately. Um, but now uh, Brandon Montour is out too. This is an interesting look with them. And they went five forwards on PP1 in practice today. Uh, Gus Forsling with a maintenance day. So there's a lot to look at for today for sure. Um, I believe the over is uh, over under set at seven. So what are we thinking, DB, for Philly, Florida? Uh, I, I was wrestling with that and I, I saw the Ekblad news, but here's the thing. It got to stop with the Flyers. I mean, they won three in a row, but let's be real here. Look at that roster. So, and look, I might have to wash my mouth out after I eat all this chalk on this bet, but but I'm going with the Panthers at minus 310 at home. I know it's a terrible bet, but I, I don't know if it's going to be a high score. Look, Aaron Ackbike would say, okay, there's going to be less defense, but he's going to take some of the offense away. Philly's been hasn't been given up much, but they're on a back to back. They won in Tampa last night. They're playing with with house money, so it was hard to go the over under for me. But I I, I got to think that, seeing thinking that Flyers are going to. If I told you last week the Flyers are going to sweep Tampa and Florida on the road, you would have told me I was nuts. You would have taken that bet. So I'll, I'll just say Florida on the on the money line tonight at minus three ten. Yeah, you know, I'm taking a look here at, at this total, and I'm actually looking to go under. I'm seeing six and a half, and you, you mentioned a seven as well. I like the under here. Florida is not playing that run-and-gun, freewheeling style we saw a year ago. Now with Paul Maurice, they're playing the cycle game. They're trying to kind of wear teams down, grind teams down, which I think they'll be able to do against – Philly in due time in this contest, but I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. I don't think this game is warranted of, of a seven or even a six and a half. And on the flip side with Philly, you know, they're one of those grinded teams, you know, they won three to two, uh, you know, didn't see any offense in the, in the first period against Tampa Bay. And they got Felix Sandstrom in that. I know that's kind of a cause for concern because Carter Hart's been so good so far, but yeah. Sandstrom made some, some solid uh, stars last year for a really bad flyer team. And he's definitely one of those guys that you know was looking good in camp. He did suffer a slight injury. I don't think the drop off is too far off between Hart and Sandstrom, at least for for one game in this spot. So uh, I'm gonna take a shot here with, with six and a half on the under. Okay, all right. We'll see. We'll see what happens for sure. Definitely the uh, the prospect for offense in this game. Uh, so we'll see for sure. And you mentioned uh, Sandstrom in net probably. Unless they elect to go heart back-to-back, who's been so good to start the year. Um, Florida also had to dress one less player last game because of salary cap issues. So they recalled a couple, but now some relief with uh, Ekblad on IR. Um, another game, the final game of the night, because it's a Wednesday, and this is pretty typical of the NHL. St. Louis and Seattle is our late game. So, DB, uh, any props that you're looking at today? I know yeah. uh, Dave's yeah. not here, but his boy Beniers is in action, and he's been good. So, <laughs> uh, I'll go on the other side with the Blues. Both my bets are going to be on the Blues. Uh, Jordan Cairo over uh, a half a point tonight at minus one twenty-five. Love the player. He's emerged last season. He's their point getter. Um, I think he finds a way tonight to, to get on the board either as a goal with a goal or an assist tonight. So at minus one twenty-five, Jordan Cairo over a, a half a point. Alex. Yeah, I like this over here at six and a half. I mean, we've been seeing Seattle just flying right now. It's a stark contrast with what we saw last year where they tried to build a more defensive model and they just could not get the goaltending right. I think the goaltending still a little bit iffy, but the, the offense, you mentioned Matty Beneers. Uh, another guy I would probably look at on that top line, Jaden Schwartz going up against his old team. I yeah. think he's somebody I would, I would circle to maybe uh, look for as an anytime goal scorer prop. But I like goals here both ways. So uh, six and a half, I'm going to go over it. Yeah, I'm a big streaks guy. I like what Burakovsky's got so far. So give me the shots. Give me the points. I want to touch Burakovsky in this one. 
Um, DB, how do we feel about Bennington? Is he going to bounce back this year? Like, is he what he was last year or was he what he was in the cup year or is he somewhere in the middle? What, what's your take on him? Well, I think the team's in good enough in front of him that he can bounce back. Will he bounce back? He's a very determined guy. Dave knows him very, very well. He's good friends with him. A very driven, very focused guy. And they made the decision. Zach, they made the call. Billy Husso is now in Detroit. Bennington's still there. They believe in the guy, the homegrown guy that they found and, and developed and won a championship. So I, I do think uh, he'll bounce back. And I do think St. Louis is, again, another dangerous team. I like him tonight, actually, in Seattle, uh, minus a goal and a half at plus 198. But, yeah, I, Bennington's going to have to lead the charge without question. If they're going to have a long, a deep run, if they have any designs on the second cup in a couple in four seasons, then then he's got to be the guy. Um, I think he'll be better. Is he Vasilevsky or Shostarkin? He's not. But he doesn't necessarily have to be on St. Louis because this is, again, this is a deep, dangerous team. A little banged up on the blue line. But, again, they'll be there uh, around at playoff time. Yeah, DB, you nailed it. I mean, he doesn't have to be a top five goalie in the world, but yeah. he does need to be a bit more consistent from what we saw last year. You know, he like, no and I think really the Blues kind of relied on how he played in that playoff run when Husso kind of faltered a little bit in that first round. You know, Bennington yeah. picked up picked up the slack in that series, went over the Wild, and even did held his own against uh, Colorado, and that's what kind of gave him that number one job again. But he's got to be able to hold on to it. He needs to show a little bit more consistency. Okay, so those are our three games for the night. Again, small slate in the NHL on Wednesdays typically. So that's what we have for tonight. Uh, we did touch on a couple of prop bets and a couple of best bets as well. So we'll get into those segments. Now, DB, uh, just to recap, your your best prop bet or prop bets for the night. Yeah, I've got two. Uh, Jets and Avs over in the first period, over a goal and a half, minus 155. Jordan Cairo over a point tonight, minus 125. Yeah, and my favorite bet on the board tonight, it's actually a second period over. Uh, you can find this at a couple of American books. BetMGM was one that I saw where he had uh, over two minus ten with St. Louis and Seattle tonight. And if you're looking at all the games so far, I was looking at a chart this morning, of 110 games played, 84 of the games have had two or more goals in the second period. So what we're seeing now is teams are kind of being measured in the first 20 minutes of play, making those adjustments once they go back into the locker room, and then we're seeing the offense really explode uh, with many of the teams here. So that's what I think we're going to see. Like I said, I like the high-scoring game between the Blues and Kraken. I think we're going to see the bulk of the scoring in the second period. So you can also take uh, that prop as well of highest-scoring period in the game, second period, that you'll be able to get decent plus money with that. All right. Alex likes to dig deep and uh, he's a fan of the long chain. We'll say that. Long chains, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, for my best prop, we were talking about Kyle Connor before. So pl- uh, minus 180 because it's probably going to happen. I, we all assume uh, over two and a half shots. He averages uh, four or he averaged four last year. This year he hasn't gone under three. So uh, he's my guy. And I'm, uh, again, not sold on the uh, Colorado defense. I think they're going to just shoot, shoot, shoot. So Kyle's my guy for tonight. Um, let's uh, move on to best bet. So best bet for the night. Uh, DB, we'll start with you. Uh, my best bet is St. Louis minus a goal and a half plus 198. Um, I think Seattle might have won, even though they're better. I think they might have won their game for the month. So I'll say <laughs> the Blues go into uh, climate play tonight and find a way to, uh, to cover the goal and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Blues cracking over. I'm actually seeing on my board some uh, movement where we're seeing some sixes popping up now, a number dropping down a little bit. So I'll definitely roll with an over six here with the Blues and cracking uh, late night tonight. Nice, nice. I like that. Um, I'll just stick with the over in, in Winnipeg, Colorado total, over six and a half. But like I said before, 
Connor Hellebuck giving up five goals, giving up six goals in, in back-to-back games in Colorado. And he's just coming off a four-goal effort. And Winnipeg's defense is extremely suspect. This team, like you said, Alex, caught in, caught in limbo a little bit. Uh, I don't really know what to make of them. They can score. At least their top six can. But I think they're going to give up a lot as well. So uh, it's not really a Connor Hellebuck thing. It's more so uh, a team thing. So I'm not really sold on them either. Um, do you guys have anything else you're looking at as we uh, as we wrap up here for the evening, DB? Yeah, the Flyers can't win four in a row. They can't win back to back in Florida, so I'll say. But the, 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 but the price is according, right? Everybody, it's not they're not sneaking up on anybody. So they want thing good for good for the Flyers. But tonight it ends. It's sunrise. Yeah, it's been a, a nice little run for them, but I think they kind of take their downturn tonight, and 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 we start to see reality kind of set back in over the next couple of weeks for, for uh, the Broad Street Bullies. Okay. Shorthanded blue line prevails, according to Alex and BB. So, Alex, you're back here tomorrow for uh, edge work on Thursday. So, uh, who are you going to be with tomorrow? I'll be there with uh, So Many Sports and Zach Phillips, and uh, looking forward to it. It's been, been fun so far. It's my second show, uh, and, and you know, this is the first full week. So, uh, really enjoying these these programs for sure. So an early morning for both of you with the time changes. So again, thanks again. And uh, we'll give Dave a little bit uh, for not coming on for this week. Big timer. We'll get him next week. Yeah. So you can check out uh, Dennis and Dave on the fourth period. So give them a a look and a listen and a watch and make sure to check their stuff out. So thanks again for tuning into Edgework on this Wednesday on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And we'll see you all again tomorrow.